0: Welcome to UNews, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Monday, August 16th. I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. A disaster unfolding at this hour in Afghanistan. All American personnel evacuated to the airport in Kabul after the city falls to the Taliban. The Afghan president... Fleeing. Thousands now trying to make their way out of that country amid fears of reprisals and violence. A humanitarian tragedy in Haiti. At least 1,300 people in the impoverished nation now dead after a massive earthquake strikes the country's southern region. And a major new surge of coronavirus infections, spurred by the Delta variant, Louisiana and Florida topping cases worldwide. With schools set to open in just days, the latest on the pandemic today on You News. To begin with the fall of Afghanistan, the Taliban now in control after taking the capital city Kabul. All this happening in just a matter of days. The U.S. sending thousands of troops and air assets to evacuate American citizens and embassy personnel. United Airlines rerouting flights around Afghan airspace. The flag of the United States previously flown atop the U.S. embassy now with embassy officials awaiting evacuation from the airport. Chaos at Kabul International Airport as people hoping to flee the country rushed towards the terminal after the Afghan capital and last government stronghold fell to the Taliban. This as the U.S. desperately tries to evacuate thousands of Americans living there and Afghans who have supported the U.S. mission. Meanwhile, the U.S. Embassy there urging Americans to shelter in place. President Ashraf Ghani among those fleeing the country on Sunday. This footage from Al Jazeera appears to show Taliban fighters inside the presidential palace declaring the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan. Nearly all of the country seized by the Taliban in just over a week.
1: And the fact of the matter is uh, we've seen that that force has been unable to defend the country and that has happened more quickly than we anticipated.
0: Of those trying to escape an American family who were visiting relatives in Afghanistan, now they are trapped. We are trying to protect my kids and my mom. I have my senior mom here, uh, both of my daughters, um, and we're just going through a disaster here. President Biden now sending more troops, a total of 6,000 to help speed up the emergency evacuation of US personnel and some Afghan visa applicants. Embassy staff were told to destroy sensitive equipment and documents, especially those containing images of the American flag that could be used as propaganda.
1: Put them on the ground. Let the Taliban know that if they do something, there's going to be immediate um, uh, uh,
2: consequences
0: The collapse of the government comes shortly after the Biden administration announced the U.S. military mission in Afghanistan would end on August 31st, accelerating the withdrawal of U.S. troops after 20 years in the region.
1: The idea that the status quo could have been maintained uh, by keeping our forces there, uh, I think is simply
0: wrong. On the streets of Kabul, there's fear and uncertainty, long lines at banks as residents look to withdraw their life savings.
3: The Taliban made progress. The government did not. Uh, we built security forces that in the end did not stand up, did not did, could not withstand the pressure from the Taliban. Um, I'm afraid that we built a house uh, uh, built on sand.
0: With the Taliban seizing power, possible long-term consequences are something else altogether. The fate of Afghan women and girls hangs in the balance, as do hard-fought freedoms and rights. And U.S. officials worry terrorist groups like al-Qaeda, could reconstitute, which could lead to a rising counter-terrorism threat just weeks from the 20th anniversary of 9-11. The chaos at the airport this morning has left at least seven people dead, including some who fell from a U.S. military cargo jet. The White House says President Biden is traveling back to Washington from Camp David today and plans on speaking to the nation this afternoon from the East Room. It will be his first public remarks on the situation in Afghanistan in nearly a week. And for more on the response from Washington, we're now joined by Edwin Pitti, who's standing by at the White House with much more on this. Edwin.
1: That's right. It is a very complicated situation in Afghanistan. I can tell you that in the last moments, Jonathan Feiner, who is a White House Deputy Advisor on National Security, saying how they are working closely with the State Department to evacuate over 30,000 members, not only of the U.S. Embassy, but also Afghan people who work closely with U.S. troops in the last 20 years. Those images at the airport continue to create chaos, not only among those in Afghanistan, but here in the U.S., I can tell you the perfect example the reaction of republican congresswoman liz cheney who criticized biden for the way he has been reacting to the crisis but not only biden but also the last couple of u.s presidents take a listen
0: this is not ending the war uh, what this is doing actually is perpetuating it what we're seeing now is a policy that will ensure ensure that we will in fact have to have our children and our grandchildren continuing to fight this war at much higher cost so so everybody you know the Rand Paul Donald Trump Mike Pompeo Joe Biden view of the world here is fundamentally dangerous and irresponsible and wrong.
1: Now Secretary of State Antony Blinken explaining how he notified the Taliban that if they were to interfere with the evacuation of thousands of U.S. troops from Afghanistan and also employees of the embassy and Afghan people, the response from the U.S. was going to be concise and strong. But a spokesperson from the Taliban saying that that is not going to happen because their priority is for the U.S. to leave as soon as possible. Reporting at the White House, back to you.
0: Thank you, Edwin, for that report. And as you just noted, the military could be relocating tens of thousands of Afghans looking to live in the U.S. According to the Pentagon, the Department of Defense may relocate up to 30,000 of them, specifically to Fort Bliss in Texas and Fort McCoy in Wisconsin. The Afghans applied for special immigrant visas. Many of them even worked with the U.S. during the war and say they will likely be targeted now that the Taliban has taken control control of the country the defense and state departments confirmed they will accelerate the applicants evacuation AND NOW TO THE DEVASTATING AFTERMATH OF A MASSIVE EARTHQUAKE IN HAITI. THE NATION ALREADY FEELING FROM THE RECENT ASSASSINATION OF ITS PRESIDENT NOW SEEING A DISASTROUS LOSS OF LIFE. SOME FIGURES NOW ESTIMATING NEARLY 1300 PEOPLE HAVE BEEN KILLED BY THE 7.2 MAGNITUDE QUAKE CENTERED ON THE SOUTHERN PART OF THE ISLAND. GRECIA LASTRA BRINGS US THE LATEST.
4: THEY WERE PRAYING FOR THE DEAD AND THE VICTIMS OF THE EARTHQUAKE WHEN SUDDENLY A new aftershock sent the priest and parishioners running out of the church. And the reality is that Haiti is still shaking after the powerful jolt of a 7.2 magnitude earthquake. Everything that is happening is God punishing us. Most of the residents remain in the streets, especially in the southern region of the country. They fear that a new shock will catch them in their homes. Everybody stays outside because they do not want to sleep in their house. They can't wake up in their house because this is happening. They have the same fears about hospitals in the country that are packed with the wounded, many of whom are being treated on mattresses outside of health centers. Rescue teams continue to search through the rubble in the hope of finding survivors. My country is in shambles. Many people are dead. Many houses are destroyed. Machines carefully remove the wreckage of the powerful earthquake that plunged Haiti back into disaster. We don't have living conditions or water to drink. Aid to Haiti has begun to arrive while concerns are increasing with the coming threat of tropical depression, Grace. Reported by Indira Navarro in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, this is Grecia Lasta reporting for U News.
0: And as the people of Haiti pick up the pieces after this most recent devastating earthquake, a Florida missionary group is ready to lend a hand. Agape flights flew 120 relief missions to Haiti in the first 90 days after the devastating 2010 quake there. So once again on Sunday, volunteers loaded a plane with medical equipment for a local hospital along with surgical supplies, masks, gloves, bandages, and gauze. The Christian organization says it already has missionary on the ground in haiti passing out non-perishable food items and water and tennis superstar naomi osaka who is of japanese and haitian descent also joining in relief efforts she has pledged to donate the earnings from her next tournament to support earthquake relief efforts in haiti osaka made the announcement on twitter on saturday osaka tweeting quote i know our ancestors blood is strong we'll keep rising unquote The U.S. is once again leading the world in coronavirus infections. The seven-day average currently at 120,000. Cases still surging in the south. The highest rate of infections per capita in Louisiana and Florida. Lorraine Caceres has the very latest on this most recent setback. Lorraine, how are you? I want to start with this. With the rapid and recent increase in COVID-19 infections that we're seeing across the country, has summer travel been impacted in any way?
5: Andrea, it has. We see that um, the cases are still not reaching a peak. At least we don't see that happening yet. We would have to see cases starting to come down a little bit, and we haven't seen that yet. And of travel is being impacted. This was supposed to be the comeback of the tourism industry, the airline industry, and right now, on Tuesday, we reported one of the lowest screening days on TSA. So Airbnb and a lot of companies are you know, uh, telling their investors that. this might not be the outcome that they were waiting for during the summer season right now in places like Hawaii where they were reporting basically no cases at all a few months ago and where vaccination rates are more than 60 percent in their population they're asking health officials are asking um tourism tourists not to come to the islands because they're seeing skyrocketing cases like we're seeing all over the country just two days ago on saturday they reported almost a thousand two hundred cases and a day after that almost 900 cases so it's an alarming increase in cases for a place that had no cases a few months ago and that has so many people in their um, in the residence vaccinated so they're urging people not to come to Hawaii even though that's mainly what they live off tourism
0: so it's 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 a really big impact And officials are reminding people that perhaps it's just not the time to travel. They say if you are in an airplane, you just don't know if the person next to you has COVID-19. Now, as cases are surging in 40 states, several states are leading the nation in these new infections, including hospitalizations. Can you tell us where we are seeing these widespread infections I previously mentioned, for example, Louisiana and Florida?
5: Exactly. These cases are mostly concentrated in the south southeast portion of the country, as you were saying. Florida on Saturday reported almost twenty six thousand cases. That's again breaking our own record, and it's a it's a very it's a very big number because. We're seeing that hospitalizations are still up here in Florida. We've seen it come down slightly just by maybe more than a hundred patients, but not enough. We had uh fifteen thousand nine hundred plus patients in the state and we've been steady on these numbers for quite a few days almost two weeks now so Louisiana is also having the highest per capita even though it's not reporting in volume as much as Florida but what we're seeing is the same scenario Mississippi and Louisiana Arkansas and now we're seeing these cases slightly move up towards the Midwest which is expected to happen and these waves come in sections throughout the country we've seen it happen in other waves. So now we're expecting these, wave, these, these big increases in number of cases, not only in the southeast, to be moving to other states. And it's probably going to go around the country before we hit this peak as a country and start seeing the cases come down.
0: We are also seeing an uptick in pediatric cases. I know in Houston, they've been dealing with a pretty tough situation there. Now, speaking of children, kids are also expected back in school soon. Some students are already back in the classroom in in face-to-face learning. And that's a concern because many of these kids ages 12 and under are not eligible to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So what's happening in regards to the mask mandates? There's been lots of controversy surrounding that.
5: There certainly has been a lot of controversy, Andrea. For example, today in Los Angeles, schools started again their first day, but we were having students and teachers being tested there. And they're also wearing their masks. Meanwhile, in the South, in Texas, for example, where the governor mandated or prohibited through a mandate that school districts implemented a mask mandate, a lot of districts went against him and implemented their own mask mandates and went head to head with the governor. And that went all the way to the state Supreme Court. And yesterday, the state Supreme Court sided with the governor saying that that it should remain in place, his mandate to prohibit masks. Even though that was the case, the superintendent in Dallas, for example, Dallas County, announced that kids were coming back to school today and they were in fact going to wear their masks He was saying that in the mandates in the decision by the state Supreme Court, they never mentioned school districts per se, just the county. So that is what he and his lawyers are saying that they are going to abide by. So it's probably going to be another battle in court, not only for Dallas against the governor, but also maybe San Antonio where that district already announced that they will also be implementing their masks. When this new school year starts here in Miami-Dade in Florida and South Florida, the school district is expected to announce today or in the coming days in this week what they will decide after the governor as well has prohibited masks. But a lot of counties, as I'm saying, it happened in Texas, have already said they will be implementing them. So this is definitely a very
0: controversial issue and it'll be an interesting two weeks to see how it unfolds. It really seems to be the trend in several school districts in the country, as you mentioned, in Florida, also Broward County, Leon County are among other school districts that are defying the governor's orders and saying, you know what, we're going to issue these mask mandates for the children just to stay on the safe side. Thanks so much, Lorraine, for all this information. Take care. And from a policy perspective, late last week as COVID cases were surging in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis announced that the state would begin dispensing Regeneron monoclonal antibodies using mobile clinics. Regeneron is the same treatment that former President Trump received when he was diagnosed with COVID-19 last year. Joining us now to discuss the move is Dr. Elon Shapiro. He's a medical director of health education and wellness at AltaMed. Welcome back to U News.
6: Always a pleasure to be with you and them.
0: Thank you. So let's just start at the beginning. What is this Regeneron treatment that Governor DeSantis is talking about rolling out?
6: It's basically the best way to get antibodies on a fast way. We know that antibodies actually defend our bodies. And this way, it's an artificial way that we can just inject them through the vein and if we are in touch with the virus or we're exposed to the virus it will neutralize the virus inside of our body and actually uh, 70 percent of the cases uh, will reduce you know death and hospitalizations and it's a good medication to have but always prevention is the best thing that we want to achieve
0: who exactly then is eligible to take Regeneron and how soon after being infected should treatment begin
6: it actually has two ways to be given. One is actually on a way if you're exposed and you have high risk, you know, you have diabetes, you have complications with your uh, heart transplant or other diseases. Um, and the other side is actually as a treatment. If you're already sick in the hospital, it can reduce a lot of the symptoms and actually even protect you against, you know, uh, all the horrible things that we have heard about COVID-19. Then that, those are the two ways that we can actually receive the the, the, the antibodies.
0: Are there any known downsides to this particular treatment so far?
6: Well, there is. Uh, of course, you, you can have a lot of side effects uh, You know, uh, because it's an, an antibody. You can have fevers. You have body pains. You can have, actually, an aphylactic reaction. Then you have a gamma of other side effects that you can have. It's not one of those medications that you can use or recommend uh, for common use. But if needed, it can make a huge difference. But we need to make sure that everybody understands that this is not the way to go. It costs a lot of money. It defends a lot of people, but still, the best thing that we can do is actually create barriers and prevent the infection.
0: As we look at the recent surge in COVID cases across Florida, does this Regeneron rollout strike you as an effective use of state resources when so many hospitals are already stretched to capacity?
6: We need to deploy absolutely every tool that we have to save lives and, and to make sure that not only save lives, but that make sure that we do not have all the chronic lung holders for COVID-19, um, heart transplants, problems with oxygen. This is a good way in a tool that we have there, but we need to figure out that you know each treatment has a lot of, you know it's on the thousands of dollars, and you can have side effects. And it's not the best way in general terms, but right now that we're creating all these horrible things that we're seeing in Florida and even in Texas, it's a, w- a good way to have and a good tool to have.
0: Oh, something is something. Thanks so much for your time once again, Dr. Elon Shapiro. Always a pleasure. And another vaccine news CVS pharmacies will start giving a third dose of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines to immunocompromised people on Saturday. The FDA and the CDC issuing the green light this past week for additional doses of the vaccines for certain people with compromised immune systems. The drugstore chain says people are now able to schedule vaccination appointments on cvs.com. A spokesperson said people will be required to attest their eligibility during the scheduling process and when they actually show up to get that third dose. And as the Delta variant spreads, sales of reusable face masks are on the rise. They had been declining in June and July. The Adobe Analytics Digital Economy Index shows mask sales went up 40% in August, and that's for the week of August 4th compared to the previous one. At this point, almost everyone in the U.S. lives in a place with high or substantial transmission rates. Meanwhile, as we reported earlier, the mask mandate battle in schools continues across the country. And as Gianni Aponte explains, some are choosing a more drastic approach for their children, pulling them out of classes altogether. The long awaited
3: moment for hundreds of thousands of children in the Los Angeles School District is upon us, the return to school in person. I'm
7: mostly excited to see my friends. The
3: excitement to see friends again is one shared by many students, like 10-year-old Jaelin Ruiz. But at her age, she can't get vaccinated, which terrifies her mother who wants her to continue studying from home. It is a very high risk to take them to school. They are all going to go back. They are going to have 20 students in a class, and it is very risky. With no social distancing and no plexiglass barriers in the classroom, this mother analyzed the alternative offered by the district, the remote study program. These teachers that give hybrid classes are outside the school. We moved to this city for the school and now I feel like I'm being pushed into a corner. She is referring to the independent study system. It does not include formal instruction. Rather, all assignments are to be completed at home with only one hour of interaction with a teacher. This teacher says that virtual classes are over and the option to study at home is through a program that has existed since
2: 1993.
3: We already had a system in place when to help children that could not return to classes due to medical situations. So what is being offered is an expansion of that same program. By opting not to return to classes in person, students will also not be able to participate in extracurricular activities such as sports. Reported by Dulce Castellanos, this is Gianni Aponte for U News. A
0: shortage of bus drivers at a number of districts across the country. Azul Alvarez explains
2: this morning school districts across the country reporting an unprecedented driver shortage stretching from coast to coast causing back to school troubles for districts large and small
1: we've had almost 18 months of a break here that a lot of these uh, districts who ended up not keeping their bus drivers on the payroll they found other jobs elsewhere
2: In Georgia, the Savannah Chatham County public school systems was short by more than 110 drivers to start the school year, leaving about 5000 kids unable to take a bus to school. Pittsburgh delaying the start of school by two weeks because they don't have enough drivers. In Lee County, Florida, 20 drivers quit because of massless children. Now they need to hire 100 more. Even a huge school district like Denver's is warning their shortage is at critical levels. We have
1: dealt with good years, bad years, but I've never seen
6: any of those years as bad as this
1: one.
2: Jennifer Genovese was a school bus driver in Nassau County, Florida, but recently left her job. And it
3: almost is a perfect storm of everything that is going on, the pay, COVID, I mean, you're an enclosed bus. My job as a school bus driver was to get my students to and from school
7: safely. And when the mask came into play, that was a kind of a, a big deal. I'm 65, and many people my age are still driving school buses. And
1: um, they might be a little afraid to go to work.
2: In an effort to combat these shortages, school districts are calling back former employees and retirees, hosting more job fairs, and looking to add more hour, pays, and benefits for these essential jobs. By hiring more drivers, isn't as easy as it sounds. You're talking
1: maybe six to eight weeks to just get boarded, and in some cases, another eight to twelve weeks to be trained and certified.
0: Azul Alvarez, U News. Turning to wildfires out west, a fast-moving brush fire north of Salt Lake City, Utah, prompted evacuation orders for thousands of residents within hours of the blaze starting on Saturday. The so-called Parley's Canyon Fire in Summit County was first reported early Saturday morning and quickly burned or threatened some 2,500 acres. And in Montana, fire crews and residents were scrambling to save hundreds of homes from two burning wildfires that were expected to merge near the Northern Cheyenne Indian Reservation in the southeastern part of the state. The blazes were burning near the tribal headquarters town of Lane Deer, where a mandatory evacuation was in effect. And it's not just wildfires, a heavy storm bringing extreme rain to Austin, Texas, where the state's Capitol building sprang a leak, causing the halls to flood on Sunday. As seen here, the water damage has not been fully assessed, but workers are now working to remove that water and dry out the affected areas. There are fast-moving developments today after a major federal court ruling, a judge telling the Biden administration it must restore the Trump-era Remain in Mexico policy for migrants apprehended at the border who are seeking
7: asylum. Ana de Mendoza brings us that story. A federal judge in Texas ordered the Biden administration to reinstate the Migrant Protection Protocols, a policy implemented under former President Trump that forced migrants to wait in the border cities in Mexico often for months, while asylum cases were being decided in U.S. courts. The judge found that the Biden administration failed to analyze many critical factors as benefits of the program and that ending it was unlawful and hurtful. The 53-page decision stemmed from a lawsuit filed by Texas and Missouri, both led by Republican attorney generals, which claimed that the suspension of the program worsened conditions at the border and allowed criminals to enter the country. Now the Biden administration, which began dismantling the program earlier this year, has less than a week to appeal the ruling
0: presidente
7: Can the president ignore this request from the judge?
6: No ignorar
0: la
7: They can't ignore the judge's order. They have the right to appeal. Otherwise, this order will go into effect in a week. the people who are already entered the country, are in danger of being returned to Mexico to continue their process.
6: Inicialmente diría
7: no. I would say that the people already admitted are not in danger of being detained. But anyone that hasn't been processed by immigration is at risk of being sent to Mexico under the program. Since the program was implemented during the Trump administration, an estimated 60,000 people have processed their applications outside of U.S. territory. Reported by Aileen del Toro, Ana de Mendoza, U News. More of U News after this short break.
0: Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the
2: stories from home and abroad that matter to you. That would essentially put an end to the longest war
0: in U.S. history.
2: This
6: is interior of a stash house that we found in this right along today.
0: State authorities recommend avoiding them at night. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your world, your news. U News on Fusion. Welcome back to U News. Air raid sirens sounded in southern Israel on Monday after a rocket was fired from the Gaza Strip. It's the first since the 11-day war between Israel and Palestinian militants in May. The Israeli military said in a statement that it identified one rocket launch that was intercepted by aerial defense batteries. That rocket fire, however, could jeopardize three months of relative calm since Israel and the militant group Hamas, which rules the Gaza Strip struck a ceasefire. And in Malaysia, King Sultan Abdullah Sultan Ahmad Shad has accepted the resignation tendered by that nation's prime minister and his cabinet. The National Palace said today, Sultan Abdullah also appointed Mayuddin as the caretaker prime minister until his successor was chosen. The National Palace issued this in a statement. In a televised address, Mayuddin said he resigned as he had lost the majority support in the lower house of parliament. And looking around Latin America, Nicaraguan police on Friday raided the office of La Prensa, the only national newspaper after President Daniel Ortega's government opened customs fraud and money laundering investigations against that publication. La Prensa has long been a thorn in the side of Ortega, repeatedly referring to him as a, quote, dictator, after his security forces in 2018 crushed a wave of protests in the Central American country and 326 people died. La Prensa, is owned by the Chamorro family, one of Nicaragua's most prominent families. Several of its members who aspired to contest the elections as presidential hopefuls in November have been arrested in recent months. Further south in Peru, thousands of people took to the streets of Lima on Sunday to demand the resignation of newly elected President Pedro Castillo and the head of the Council of Ministers, Guido Bellido, who is under investigation for allegedly supporting terrorism. Bellido's appointment as prime minister has brought about controversy in Peru. A supporter of the extreme left, He is under investigation for allegedly apologizing for terrorism after publicly expressing his support for the Shining Path group. Meanwhile, in the Caribbean Tropical Depression, Grace is approaching the southern coast of the Dominican Republic, bringing with it the threat of flash flooding and mudslides across the island, including earthquake hit Haiti. The center of the storm is expected to pass north of the quake's epicenter, but it could still hamper rescue efforts. Puerto Rico and Cuba are also expected to get several inches of rain and sea wind speeds of about 35 miles per hour. It's still too early to predict where the storm will go after that, it could hit Florida by the end of the week. And back here in the U.S., the National Hurricane Center said Fred has regained a tropical storm status in the Gulf of Mexico. Forecasters say Sunday that Fred is set to move across the Gulf and reach the coast as early as this afternoon. People from Alabama to the Central Florida Panhandle are encouraged to monitor the system's progress. Current winds are approximately 50 miles per hour. And in employment news, more and more businesses appear to be mandating vaccines for their employees. Job postings that list COVID-19 vaccination as a requirement shot up 34% in the first week of August compared to the month before. And that's according to job site Indeed.com. Positions posted on the site that require vaccination but may not specify COVID-19 were up 90% over the same period. The biggest increases in vaccine requirements were in the area of software development, education, and marketing. And another business news Live Nation announced it will require proof of COVID-19 vaccination or a negative test for all performers and concert goers. Beginning October 4th, its president and CEO said they're following the model they developed for Lollapalooza at all venues and festivals if possible. Live Nation is one of the largest live entertainment companies in the U.S. It says it hosts 40,000 shows and more than 100 festivals, selling 500 million tickets each year. Year. The company also says all employees will need to be vaccinated to visit any of its events, venues or offices. Live Nation has 40,000 employees worldwide. Meanwhile, tens of thousands of people poured into Atlantic City on Friday for the first of three concerts by Rock Band Fish. Take a look at these photos here. Nearly 38,000 people were in attendance and over 40,000 were expected to attend last night's event at Atlantic City Beach. Atlantic City's Mayor Marty Small says masks were not mandatory at the outdoor event, but that social distancing was encouraged. He says there have been no COVID-19 complaints related to this event. The band has announced a more stringent policy for their remaining summer and fall tour dates. And in Hollywood news, despite concerns over the Delta variant, Ryan Reynolds' sci-fi action comedy Free Guy won the weekend's box office with a strong showing. Free Guy, which unlike some recent blockbusters is only available in theaters, grossed $26 million in North American ticket sales. In Distant 2nd Place, the thriller sequel Don't Breathe 2 with nearly $11 million at the box office.